Kevin, DM you. Has anyone ever known a good person named Kevin? We, we hung out with, with Kevin from Alcohol by Volume. And he only says like three words. He, he's like really shy. He really talked to me. Towards the end of the night when he was drinking more, man, he, he was he was right there with us talking a mile a minute. Alcohol by Volume? Oh, I'm actually kind of drunk. Alcohol by Volume. Awesome show. You really want to get drunk? <laughs> Listen to that show. Because by hour two, he's blitzed. I'll bet. Oh, it's awesome. Because it's a beer show. Kevin's some stupid He's a weird thing. Polish last name, yeah. Where's your dedication there, Kevin? Your own show or someone else's? Alcohol in my volume. Alcohol in my volume. I shove alcohol in my butthole. That's not it? It's nothing to do with butthole. I mean, can you even get drunk anymore? It's kind of like a drinking a vitamin. Right? So you're blaming the drunker. Yes, I'm blaming the MLR drunker, Kevin. Hello, bartender. I have thought it over, and far from being a fat pig, you are very nice. And I would like another drink. Take a barf, drunkie!
Good evening, everybody. Welcome to Alcohol by Volume. It is Tuesday, September 3rd, 2013. I am your not-quite-drunk-yet host, Kevin. If you would like to Skype into the show, you can uh, Skype Alcohol by Volume, all one word, or you can call 862-345-7125. That's 862-ALCOHOL. Of course, you can always check out what's going on in the Facebook group, facebook.com slash group slash alcohol by volume. And of course, download all the great shows on MLR. You can get them on iTunes. Just search for More Like Radio. You can get them at morelikeradio.com slash downloads and also on morelikeradio.org. And then finally, there is the Alcohol by Volume beer tasting list. It's an open spreadsheet on Google Docs. I actually just added something on there today. Um, I know uh, Patrick, one of the listeners, he added something on there uh, within, I don't know, I think within the past week. Um, So check it out on there. If you're drinking something you like, even if you're drinking something you don't like, uh, put in all the details on there. Like I said, open spreadsheet. Anybody can add to it as long as you fuckers don't abuse it, which I don't think you will. Uh, so, uh, first, firstly, I would like to thank the wonderful ladies and Dark Fox of Lust and Love for having me on last night. Hopefully I didn't derail the show too badly, although the Animal Crossing talk in the first portion of the show with Marianne, the... The bewildered looks I was imagining that Kitty and Dark Fox were giving us, those were worth it the entire time there. Um, so, uh, over the past week, I uh, went to a few different liquor stores this past week, and uh, you know, just trying to find some new stuff here and there. Uh, every, everything's been, you know, just getting kind of stale. Same selections and everything. I know the seasonals are coming out, but it, it's still been rough just trying to find something different i finally found that line and kugel's orange shandy and six packs i didn't even know that they were going to release it like that maybe they had it like that the entire time and i just hadn't seen it yet um i always saw it in a 12 pack sampler i think it was with the the lemon berry shandy and then the uh it might have been the regular summer shandy i can't remember i mean that would make sense but maybe now i'll get to try it as part of a build a six pack because I'm not sure if I want to get a whole six pack of that, but eh, maybe I will. I don't know. Maybe, uh, this weekend, even though, fuck, uh, back to, back to doing shoots again. I've, I've been on a break from doing shoots for, well, I had, I had a little bit of a project that I had to shoot back in June, I believe June or July. Um, and I'm still, finishing up editing that but otherwise i mean i haven't had a like a bar bat mitzvah since i don't know probably may or so maybe even before that so i've got one coming up this weekend yay 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 it's money coming in so i can't complain too much and then i know i got another one in a couple weeks after that and then i also have a 5k that i'm running on sunday so my weekend is pretty much shot at that point why am I talking about all that? It just basically means less time for me to drink beer on the weekend. So that's cheaper for me. Uh, right now, I, uh, let's see, I picked up a growler of Great Divide's Wolfgang Doppelbach, which is actually really fucking good. Uh, at the place I went to, they have a great growler system there where, um, the first growler that I got from that, uh, brew pub up in, uh, Pennsylvania, Barley Creek, I guess they basically, pour it right from the tap and then um 
and then seal it up. And it almost, I think it was like kind of a Teflon tape to really keep it sealed. At this place, they actually had a machine. I don't know what the hell it was called. I probably should have asked the guy. He probably would have just said, you know, it was a growler machine. I don't know. But they put it in there. And I guess it it actually pressurizes it to a point or keeps the pressure going when it's being filled. And it fills it nice and slow so it doesn't foam up or anything. And I've I've opened the growler probably three or four times thus far. I think I have maybe like a couple more glasses left in there. And every time I've opened it, you get that nice satisfying of the carbonation. So the way they did that, fucking awesome. But it's keeping it fresher longer. The guy even at the store even said, if I didn't open it, it would keep for probably at least five, six months. So, of course, I'm going to be done with it probably before the weekend because it's good. Um, I actually put this on the... um, beer tasting list uh, just today and like I said it's a Doppelbach some of the ratings I was seeing online for it some people were complaining that it was too sweet for a Doppelbach seemed to be just that right level for me I'm getting that you know the nice caramel flavor and kind of that caramel feel on my mouth too if that makes sense from a beer so it's pretty good I'm drinking it one of those uh, mugs that kind of has that look of a barrel that I picked up at a at a yard sale over the summer. So come in handy because I don't know where the fuck all my other glasses are. Um, at that same store, I also picked up one thing that I had been hunting for all last season and even in between thinking that there might be some leftover and had yet to see it. Finally, finally fucking found it. It's that Woodchuck Pumpkin Cider. And sadly, it's actually a little underwhelming. I was I was expecting more of a pumpkin kick to it. It's really way too subtle. I, I get it there, but you know, and I, I get that it's a cider, it's not a beer, but the cider flavor is completely overwhelming to the pumpkin to the point that the, the pumpkin really is just like an afterthought to the whole thing. So it, it kind of disappointing. I'm glad I tried it. I still have like, I think three or four bottles left. I'm going to drink them. And at least the the plus with it is actually a, a shockingly high alcohol level. I think it's up in the sixes or something, but eh, you got to try it. Um, I knew I, that was one I knew I wasn't going to find in a build a six pack. So I just, I bought it when I found it. Some other seasonals that I found that I want to pick up. Um, well, obviously, I haven't gotten the uh, Sam Adams uh, Pumpkin Harvest Ale yet. I found the Traveler Jacko Shandy, so the Pumpkin Shandy. I want to get that. Hoping I can find that and build a six-pack just in case because Pumpkin Shandy, it, it could be brilliant. It could be disgusting. I don't know yet. Uh, trying to think of it. it it's been Pumpkin Pumpkin Pumpkin. Motherfucker. Pumpkin, 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 everything out here. Um, the stores that are that are stocking craft beer, except for the one down the street for me, which is weird. Um, other ones, they've been stocking crazy, crazy amounts of it. A lot of the stuff I've had in past years, some of it's new stuff. And in fact, one that I picked up today that I found at the store down the street, uh, Pumpkin Smasher from Big Money Brewing out of uh, Murfreesboro, Illinois. 
I had one bottle with dinner today, and it's actually pretty good. It's it's a more subtle flavor. It, if if you want that really heavy, thick pumpkin flavor, you're probably better off with like a pumpkin, uh, uh, like a pumpkin stout, something like that, or like an imperial stout. Uh, but this one, it, nice nice hints of the spices and everything. It, it if if you don't want to feel completely like you're drinking a pumpkin pie, this one's probably good for you. I also saw Southern Tears' new Imperial Pumpkin offering. Um, fuck, and I'm forgetting what the hell it was called now. Uh, but it's it's alongside Pumpkin. And you know what? Let me see if I can quickly Google that. Because I was very tempted to buy it, but I figured I, I didn't need that today. Uh, pumpkin. Let's see. Uh, Actually, no. Let me do Imperial Pumpkin. Ah, okay, yeah, it's called Warlock. So Southern Tier is Imperial Pumpkin Warlock. It's out alongside their Pumpkin, which Pumpkin, I think, is one of the best pumpkin beers out there. And shockingly, I haven't had it yet this season, but I want to make sure. there. There's been some word on, um, I think it was on Reddit that I was seeing it, that some people got pump, a couple bottles of Pumpkin and it wasn't that it was bad this year, but it just they said it seemed off, that it wasn't quite the same that they remembered it being last year, wasn't quite as good. Again, doesn't mean like, you know, infection in the bottles or anything like that, but I don't know. It, I mean, I, I, I barely remember Pumpkin now. I mean, the last time I had it, I could have gotten it at several points over the last year, but I'm kind of a purist with that. I don't want to be drinking a pumpkin beer in the middle of March. Uh, oh, and w- when I was at the liquor store getting the growler, I haven't seen any news of this online, so I don't know how legit it is, but this this could be a minor scoop kind of thing. But Cricket Hill Brewing out of uh, New Jersey here, apparently they ran into some pretty substantial quality control problems with their stuff. Um, this is all according to an employee of the liquor factory. He said that they took about $60,000 in losses of beer that they had to bring back. So local, if, if local stores are, at least around here in Jersey, obviously, if they're a little bit low on Cricket Hill, that's probably why. Um, the selection of that seems to be hit or miss depending on where I go anyway. But it looks like they're going to be missing from shelves in more locations than not for a little while while they get their shit back together but they're they're a good brewery i have a feeling they'll they'll get that shit worked out uh, okay let's see uh okay one one more little thing i, I thought this was cool um before i get into actual like theme and new stories and all that wonderful shit. Whole Foods uh, kicks off construction in San Jose after five years of planning and a couple redesigns. So why is this news on my show? It's actually the first ever Whole Foods to include a brewery on site. It's going to have a separate 6,000 square foot two-story craft brewery and tap room on the northwest corner of the site, and it's scheduled to be finished as soon as next summer. Now, obviously, that leads me to believe that Whole Foods will now, and I'm assuming they have not had up to this point, their own house brand of craft brew, much like Trader Joe's does. 
whether or not it's good, who knows? I've I've heard mixed things about Trader Joe's. I've heard of some people that absolutely love it. I've heard of other people that think it's on par with Bud Light, and that's about it. But you're paying more of a premium price for it. So, it, I again, I, I'm not going to find you know Trader Joe's beer out here because fucking Jersey laws. You're not selling it in their stores. So I'd have to go into New York State for that, probably. And I don't really feel like going into New York State just to buy beer because, well, I'm lazy. So, Okay, this is a theme that I was going to cover last week and I held off because of the uh, little ER incident that I had and uh, wasn't, wasn't really feeling up for the uh, mass consumption at the time. And I, I, I'm probably not going to do, you know, full-on mass consumption today either. But moonshine. Actual theme. I used to do themes on this show. And uh, I think I just kind of ran out of them because I, well, I ran out of them. You know, you can only really do German beer once, probably. Belgian beer once. Well, you know, And m- maybe maybe one day I'll either go back into the archives and, you know, clip together some good bests of so I can, you know, pull that stuff out again for people that haven't heard it before or, you know, find a new take on it. If, if anybody if anybody has suggestions for, you know, themes for the show, obviously, I, I know Mitch would chime in on this, but, you know, going to do gonna do a wine show. I want to do a cheap beer show. Again, I just, I got to figure out the damn logistics for it because I, I, I want to get different, cheap beers. I don't want to just be, you know, sticking with the regular old standbys that everybody knows about. I want to I want to find cheap hidden gems. And unfortunately, that's probably a little bit more tough in New Jersey. But um I definitely want to do that wine show, but I want to make sure I have some proper prep for that. To give you an idea with with the shit I got today, uh, I was very thankful it was a slow day at work today because that allowed me to actually do my prep. Otherwise, I would have been completely fucked for today. So, moonshine. Let me educate you on this. Um, and in fact, you know what? Let me see here. I almost feel like I need a, need a music track for this. Uh, duh. Uh, yeah, I guess the, I guess this should work. And if not, well, fuck it. I I already had a catastrophe of a YouTube clip last night on Lust and Love, so I can't be I can't be blamed. So let's see if this works. Uh, I have no idea. God damn. <laughs> Okay. Yeah, okay. I'll just kind of leave that down in the background. So, Moonshine. White Lightning, Mountain Dew, which I did not know it was actually called that at one point. Hooch and Tennessee White Whiskey. Those are all terms used to describe high-proof distilled spirits generally produced illicitly. Obviously, you have your legal moonshine now, but it's not quite the same. The word moonshine is believed to be derived from the term moonrakers, which was used for early English smugglers in the clandestine, i.e. by the light of the moon, 
uh, nature of the operations of illegal Appalachian distillers who produced and distributed whiskey. So there's the etymology of the term there. Uh, like I said, commercial moonshine's out there now. I actually got some here. I got the uh, apple pie flavored stuff. Oh, damn. Motherfuckers. I thought they were actually just going to play music for me. Cocksuckers. YouTube lets me down again. Um, so commercial moonshine's out there, but the flavored varieties are significantly lower proof than you would have found in the illegal stuff. Um, let's see. Yeah, fuck that. Okay. Yeah, f- f- fuck the music track. I don't feel like sifting through YouTube bullshit today. Um, but the the straight up like the um the straight up non flavored kinds that you'll find now I know the uh, brand that I got Midnight Moon their just non flavored one is called White Lightning I think that one clocks in at about a hundred proof and the apple pie one that I got for instance clocks in at seventy proof so it's it's less than your average vodka even so you know it's Nothing, nothing special there. Cause let me see here. Uh, need more bottles of booze down here. Yeah, cause I mean, you look at like my uh, my absinthe that I got here. This is 124 proof to give you an idea. Uh, but yeah, your average vodka nowadays is about 80 proof. So th- this, you know, isn't even isn't even up to that standard. But it's still pretty damn tasty. Mixes well with stuff. The, the apple pie flavor. I mean, there's a big old cinnamon stick in the bottom of this, and the flavor really comes out. But I know purists probably aren't gonna, you know, really, really necessarily go for a low proof like that. The harder, genuine, genuine moonshine can usually clock in at about 150 proof. So that's 75 percent alcohol. That's the same hit as Bacardi 151, which, if I recall correctly, and I don't know if it's still the case now, but when I was younger, it was it was illegal in Canada, and memories from hitting the bars in Windsor, and I couldn't get a shot made with Bacardi 151, because they didn't have it. Um, let's see. Okay, so with Moonshine, a big deal with it in the past was the whole safety element of it, both in producing it and consuming it. Um, If it's poorly produced, it can be contaminated, usually from materials used in making the still. They'll use car radiators to do it. And in a car radiator, what do you have in there? You get antifreeze residue. You get glycol from the antifreeze. You get lead from the radiator. That's not shit you want to be drinking. Uh, insects or small animals can find their way into the mash. Obviously, you don't want to be drinking those either. Um, I, I figure, you know, there, there's a certain tolerance for, you know, bug parts per million, but, you know, once a squirrel falls in, eh, it's kind of game over at that point. And then the illegal moonshiners will also use cheap methanol to increase the strength of their product. Now, before I get into the sciencey shit, let me take a drink here. Okay, so here's here's the science and, and learning for you. Moonshine can be made both more palatable and less damaging by discarding the four-shot. What the four-shot is, the first few ounces of alcohol that drip from the condenser of the still. 
Now, this four shot, that actually contains most of the methanol, if any of it, uh, from the mash because the methanol vaporizes at a lower temperature than ethanol. The four shot also typically contains small amounts of other undesirable compounds such as um, um, aldehydes, uh, acetone, st- stuff like that. It just stuff you don't want in the drink. So you discard the four shot, you know, if you're doing it right, pretty much. Part of the danger in making it is that the high proof of it, it lends itself to flammability. And if you're distilling it in a place of poor ventilation, you end up with vaporized alcohol in the air and one little spark can, you know, blow up the whole operation. Back during Prohibition, thousands of people went blind or died as a result of bad moonshine. This was more consumption than making it. Although I suppose if you were in a poor ventilated area and it ignited, you could go blind or get killed there too. Now, there were two typical manufacturing mistakes that could result in a poisonous batch of moonshine. And this is why, you know, this is this is why moonshine has that reputation. You know, it'll make you go blind. It'll kill you. Um... It needs two or three distillation passes to remove all the impurities. And if you if you remember, um, when I would go over vodka and stuff like that on the show, the more distillations, the purer the product becomes. Now, an impatient moonshiner might only do one pass. That's a contaminated batch right there. You're not getting rid of all the shit in there that you don't want, You know the stuff that should be filtered out, basically. Also, there's a temperature aspect to the whole thing. If the moonshine stills too hot, more than just the alcohol can boil off and then condense, which basically rains contaminants back into the moonshine. Obviously, you don't want that either. But when it's unregulated, people take shortcuts, and that's what happens. So... Uh, obviously what you see now on the shelves is regulated. They don't, you know, they're not having these problems like that. You know, obviously you, you, you can still run into, you know, you run into problems with, you know, beer contaminants and, you know, other liquor contaminants, but they will catch these things and say, well, okay, that batch is fucked. Dump it. Start over. Uh, you know, an old moonshiner is not going to care about that. It's like, eh, well, you know, whatever. I'm not drinking it. So, why would these people take the risk of making moonshine with all those safety issues when you think it could kill you, it could kill other people? Why why go through all that trouble? A lot of it was simply to escape laws, taxes, and regulations. Taxes, obviously, you know, a big thing with that. And it wasn't just during Prohibition. Initially, I thought that moonshine had a big part during during prohibition and it did it had a big part during prohibition but it actually really had roots shortly after the american revolution to avoid the new federal tax on liquors and spirits well you see you know the with the american revolution fought to you know get out from you know underneath um britain's foot with their taxes and everything you know you fight the war and suddenly the american government says well oh, shit um uh, we're kind of broke. We need to we need to pay for that war we just had. I know. Let let let's tax the booze, and that's basically what happened there. I know it's not quite 
pure historical accuracy there, but you get the idea. Um, and it became a means of survival for some farmers. If they were dealing with a bad year, they could turn their corn crop into booze and avoiding the taxes meant that bit of extra money so that they could actually feed their families. So you understand that there. You take the risk, you know, to provide for your family. That's that's what it comes down to. It's it's, it's a Walter White kind of thing, you know. Um, federal agents would actually be attacked when they would try and collect the tax. And I, I, I love this. Sometimes they would even get tarred and feathered. We need to bring back that method of punishment and uh, use that on our federal government, I think. Of course, knowing that the NSA is recording everything we say, I'm expecting agents pounding down my door any second now for uh, threatening language, I suppose. I may need Royce's help after this. <sighs> um, and like I said, it was big during Prohibition, but moonshiners couldn't keep up with the demand. Back then, I mean, moonshine was really the booze you were getting, unless there was you know stockpiled stuff from before Prohibition kicked in. And these moonshiners, they couldn't keep up with the demand for people that needed booze. So it led to cheaper uh, sugar-based moonshine in addition to watered-down varieties. Obviously not as strong, but they were able to push out more product. And um, with also, you know, in terms of why would, uh, why would moonshiners want to make their own moonshine, they'd want to further enhance that high-alcohol-level kick from the drink. Of course, this resulted in ill-advised experimentation. I mean, I, I could think back to when I was a wee one, and I would um, mix up all sorts of stuff from the kitchen in the bathroom sink. Let me take a drink here. You know, thinking that I was going to create some magical concoction that would create something. I don't know what I was thinking I was going to create, whether... I was going to get some amazing chemical reaction out of it, or if I was going to make the next silly putty or something like that. But I'll have you know that, uh, let's see, water, cinnamon, food coloring, dried mustard, uh, chili powder, all those things mixed together, it really just makes a sludge in the sink. But that's almost kind of what these idiots did, trying to enhance that kick from the moonshine. They would add stuff like manure yeah and you know going back to last week when i mentioned that um was it that i think it was a the south korean wine made with baby shit people people do weird shit when they want to get drunk so they would they would try and add manure embalming fluid bleach rubbing alcohol rubbing alcohol actually sounds like the least dangerous out of these um and paint thinner so it explains why so many people went blind and died from drinking this stuff because of the fucking maniacs that were making it and trying to basically make sure their product was the best on the street. You know, prohibition era drug dealing of sorts. So moonshiners today, they do exist Obviously, they're not in large quantities like they were in the past, but they do exist now. They're rarely arrested or charged with making legal liquor. The government actually goes with the tax evasion route on them. 
and uh, they also go for money laundering charges against moonshiners and their suppliers. Now, if they go for the money laundering charge, that will get someone as much as a 15-year prison term as opposed to five years for moonshining. Yeah, because that makes fucking sense with all the problems in our country right now. Meanwhile, cock-sucking bankers don't even get fucking 15 years for their bullshit shenanigans all over the place. So, once again, nice priorities by the U.S. government on uh, who they're choosing to prosecute. I mean, I, I'd even I'd even like to think that moonshiners nowadays are probably more interested in the safety than they were back then. I'd like to think that. Maybe it's not the case. I don't know. People are still pretty fucking stupid now. But the U.S. government is... I venture to say a lot more stupid than your average person. Ugh. So, that was basically the ins and outs of Moonshine. Ugh. And you know what? With that, I'm going to take a little... Uh, I'm not going to take a swig. Well, I'll take a sip of the Moonshine that I got here in the jar. Um, like I said, last week I mixed it in with some Diet 7-Up. And it, it tasted pretty good. Um, son of a bitch. Ugh, okay. Something something nice about drinking from a jar. So, let me take a whiff here. Okay, maybe my wife was right. It did smell like rubbing alcohol. Okay, and three, two, one. Okay. I don't know if it's necessarily the cinnamon stick that's in the bottom or just the artificial flavoring or whatever they've added to it. But, shockingly, you do really get that apple pie flavor out of it. Yeah, you have the kick of the alcohol, too. But really, I'm I'm surprised that you really get more of the flavor. That The, the other kick that you're getting is just kind of that burn down your throat of the, you know, the, uh, you know, the grain-neutral alcohol there and just adding the flavors. Oh, and I'm sorry, you know what? And it's not artificial flavors, it's natural flavors in this one. So, but it, it tastes straight up like apple pie. So, it's pretty pretty fucking delicious. So, if if you are curious about moonshine, uh try Midnight Moon moonshine and you know, try the apple pie one. They also got a uh, cherry one. I think they have a raspberry one. Uh, I want to say there was one more flavored one, but I could be wrong. And of course, they had their straight up white lightning one. So it's a, it's a pretty decent taste, but I know there are a shitload of just mixing recipes for moonshine. It, most of them, it's mix, mixing it with a soda that would complement the flavor. You know, mix mix the cherry moonshine with a cola or even a cherry cola. The apple pie mixed beautifully with Seven Up because you get the the nice carbonation out of it along with the apple pie flavor. So mix and match with that. I I, I like to look up some more moonshine recipes uh, or mixes just to see whether kind of ideas are out there and whether stuff I can mix it with because I don't really have much going to my fridge. I got 7-Up and I have birch beer and I don't think apple pie would go too well with birch beer. For instance, I know I, I have a feeling it would go deliciously with cream soda. Ah, uh, and the oh, it's a shame the chat is fucking dead tonight. There must be you know what? There must be 
football or wrestling or something on tonight that I am just completely not aware of because the audience is just not there tonight. It's frightening. I feel like I'm pre-recording this. Ah, but I love you guys anyway. Okay, Mitch is in the chat. I appreciate that. Thank you, Mitch. <laughs> From that there, I thought I was talking to no one. Instead, I'm just talking to him. Oh, okay, he's watching New Girl. That And that's okay. <laughs> Wait, is it, is it the new season? Or are you watching old episodes? <laughs> yeah, eh, fuck Dutch and fuck Royce. It, 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 it is a good show. Tangent here, New Girl is a good show. It's... It, and it's it's one of those shows that you almost think you want to hate because Zoe Deschanel is you know she's so quirky and everything, but the characters on that fucking show are great. I mean, Schmidt is fantastic, and and Schmidt is so hateable at least seventy five percent of the time, and he's still a fantastic character. You know, Nick is a great character. Um, Winston, <laughs> I, I I don't know how far you are into the series yet. Um, and and yeah, Mitch says he doesn't hate Zoe Deschanel like everyone else. I I don't hate her either. I mean, I she, her quirkiness can sometimes get on my nerves a little bit, like in that um, fucking Siri commercial that she did. But I liked her in Five Hundred Days of Summer. I like her in New Girl. But um, <laughs> parkour. Um. But Mitch, you'll see as as the series goes, Winston gets more crazy. They they, they um, establish a thing with him that when the guys are trying to do a prank, Winston always takes it like about five steps too far. So you know, it'd be the kind of thing where. Uh, you know, let's uh, let's put uh, let's put icy hot in his boxer shorts. Oh, oh, I know, I know. Let's let's stab him in the stomach and then run away laughing. And that's something that Winston would think of. He's a fucking psycho. So yeah, oh, the the, pr- the prank episode. Oh, so good, so good. Uh but yeah, we're, we're we're talking about new girl here. It is. It is a, it is a great show, great show. Watch it, you'll get hooked on it. Believe me. It's one. It's, it's one. It's <laughs> yeah. Let's throw acid on his face. Exactly. It, it, like I, I before that, I always thought Winston was kind of just a, almost a throwaway character. He wasn't. He wasn't as interesting as Nick and Schmidt. But once they got him into the pranks, I was all in with him. Okay, so now the chat's active again with with new girl talk. Um, I have uh, one thing that it was posted in the Facebook group, and I have a video to go along with it. It is Italy's latest culinary treat. It's spreadable beer. Yeah. Yeah. Now, this may not sound thirst-quenching, it may even sound rather disgusting, but spreadable beer is the latest culinary treat hitting Italy. Food connoisseurs in the European mecca of cuisine are hailing it as the next big thing. Let's take a look. Beer drinkers rejoice. You can now eat beer on toast or crepes or ice cream. And that, that was supposed to be crepes, not craps. Because I don't think I'd be wanting, 
wanting to... I wouldn't want to spread anything on shit. Uh, Let me continue here. The invention is the result of a joint venture between two Italian companies. Co-founder Emanuela Lorenzi explains how their longtime friend, a chocolate maker, inspired the project. And Emanuela Lorenzi has a nice rack. It looks like Pietro Napoleon, the owner of the chocolate shop, was making fun of us, telling us that it would be possible to eat beer and not drink it, and that it was just a matter of thickening it. So, just like chemists, we started to experiment with different types of beers. And the result? Two kinds of spreadable beer. One, critics say, is delicate and light, while the other has a more intense aroma and stronger taste. But without the knowledge of the Napoleone chocolate makers, the spreadable beer would never have been possible. We created a cream made of beer by balancing every ingredient we use and also by knowing the reactions are made by mixing these ingredients. So we've created a product which is very smooth and creamy, resulting, as the name itself suggests, in a spreadable beer because it... Really, like I looking at the video, it looks like fucking Nutella. I mean, it it looks it looks like well, it looks either like chocolate or it looks like a uh, well, looks like a German porn video. So take that as you will. Can be spread just like a chocolate cream. The creamy gloop is certainly a big hit in this crepery, where it is often served with walnuts or cheese. I would never thought of fine beer as food because for me, beer is something to drink, but to eat it is very interesting. And and I'm a hipster, and uh, I would I would never think of doing something out of the norm like that. Yummy it may be, but you might want to take it easy, as the combination of beer and chocolate certainly means a lot of calories. Lee Maxwell Simpson, CCTV. So, I would love to try something like that, just for shits and giggles. However, there's not a U.S. distributor that sells the product yet. Now, if I really wanted to get it, there is a company, was it uh, Selfridges? out of the UK, they do carry it, and they ship it internationally, and it would cost me about 51 bucks to have one jar <laughs> delivered to me. Now, I'll, I'll, I'll do things for the show. I, I bought those those on-tap, um, you know, little Mio squeezer bottles, but those were, what, like five bucks a piece? Shipping was like two bucks. That put me out 12 bucks, so even if they were absolutely horrible it put me out 12 bucks i really don't want to uh <laughs> throw out 51 bucks on a jar of something that could end up being more or less you know as disgusting as vegemite uh let me post an image this will work god damn it why do they always got to put fucking parameters after the file so this is what it looks like if you're in the chat, morelikeradio.com slash live bira spalmabli. I don't know if I pronounced that right, but fuck it. I don't have any Italian listeners, and they're not going to call me on it. So that is your spreadable beer. Like they said in the uh, in the news piece, it's a partnership between a brewery and a chocolate company, and that was that was how the technique was born. So um, I know they did not mention. I don't think they mentioned whether or not the alcohol content was 
preserved or remained in any fashion in the spread or not, or if, or if it's just all flavor. Um, I've read a few articles on this, and I haven't I haven't seen any indicator of that. I would assume that it's cooked, the alcohol is probably completely cooked out of it. Um, let's see. Um, oh, okay. This, this, this was a fun story. Um, a girl blows a .341 after trying to jump on the field during an Iowa game and tweets hashtag YOLO about it. Uh, Samantha Goody goes by at vodka underscore Sam with the two M's on Twitter. So if anybody would like to, uh, contact her, you are well within your rights to do so. Uh, I, I toss the, the show at her, but she's apparently too popular for me. Uh, anyway, uh, that name seems to make sense when you hear about what she pulled during the first college football Saturday of the season. Yesterday she was arrested. Let's see. Uh, that would have been August 31st, which would have been Saturday, I think. Oh yeah. They said first college football Saturday. (laughs) Maybe if I read, (laughs) um, So she was arrested at Iowa's game against Northern Illinois while trying to jump on the field. She was arrested at the time and proceeded to blow a .341. I did not know that was possible. I'm I'm actually very curious what I would have blown at... Well, I should probably reword that. What I would have blown at the bowling alley on that Friday. No, I would not have blown hammy or punchy. And I will cut you off of the chase on that one. Um, No, not Dennis either. Um... But here's the University of Iowa's police report. Goody, Samantha Lynn, 22, of Iowa City, Iowa, for public intoxication at Kinnick Stadium at 1321 hours. Goody was stopped for trying to enter the field. Goody was unsteady on her feet. Goody blew 0.341 blood alcohol percentage. (laughs) Unsteady on her feet. Now, Punchy, was I unsteady on my feet? On uh, on Friday, or was I just fucking all over the place? I mean, I think they're being generous with this girl because a point three four one. I'm and, and she's she's not she's not some you know big girl either. She's some skinny little girl. So I'm I'm am- I'm amazed she's not dead. <laughs> but the the tweets that she uh, had on the incident uh, just went to jail. Hashtag YOLO. Uh, my mom had to get me out of jail and had to take a breathalyzer. Hashtag LMAO. I'm assuming she meant she had to take the breathalyzer and not that her mom had to take a breathalyzer because that would be kind of weird. Uh, blew a .341 in jail. My mom hates me too. I'm going to get .341 tattooed on me because it's so epic. I won't argue with her there. If I blew a .341, I'd be getting that tattooed the very next day. A uh, girl waiting for court with me goes, I wish I knew the girl who blew a point three four one. I said, hi. Uh, I've gotten so many hate tweets because I was drunk. Uh, I get good grades. Sorry for being like every other college student. And that's a, that's a fair assessment. If she's doing her schoolwork, who gives a shit if she's getting drunk on her off time? Um, let's see. She also tweeted at those Iowa boys. She said, I was not trying to enter the game. So maybe this is all a conspiracy um then there was a noteworthy picture let me see here ah fuck Eh, it's already deleted um and then a vine video which is also probably deleted oh no 
Oh, it's actually there. But it's just a bunch of pictures of uh, empty alcohol bottles. And then I'm assuming her afterwards. So I'll post that link in the chat for that Vine video. Morelikeradio.com slash live. And you'll get to see... Let me see if there's... I think there's actually audio to this. But I don't know if it's interesting or not. Oh, it's just background audio. And her looking just horribly shocked at the whole thing. Um, yeah, so... Girl blows a point three four one and uh, tries to go onto the football field and tweets hashtag YOLO about it. I I, I have to commend her because a point three four one that's that's impressive that she was merely unsteady on her feet. That's the part that I'm concentrating on with the police report. If, if I, I, damn it! That this is why I need a portable, somewhat reliable breathalyzer for under a hundred bucks to carry on me. It would have been great on Friday night, because then it would have known exactly how drunk I was. And I would know if a .341 for me would mean I was probably half dead, or if I was just kind of stumbling. I don't know. I'm drinking now, and I, this is probably, well, eh. Last, last night, I was buzzed a little bit on Lust and Love, but this is probably the first night that I am actually mildly intoxicated since the, quote, incident at the ER. But I'm slow. I'm slowing down a little bit. I I need my liver for at least another, I don't know, let's see, my, my kid is going to be two. Um, give it at least another 18 years. If I, if I can get another 18 years out of this liver, I'll be good. Ah, uh, so, okay, I'll cover one more thing before the break, because hopefully my... My show prep will carry me along today. Uh, this is from AmericanCraftBeer.com. They do a feature every so often called Bad Ideas in Brewing. Uh, stuff they've covered in the past was Budweiser's bow tie shaped can, which I think we can agree is just a stupid ass gimmick. Um, the Heineken Cube, I know I've mentioned that in the past. Um, it w- for those that don't remember, if I recall correctly, it was Heineken's attempt to make a, you can't even say it's a beer bottle. It was a beer vessel that could then be recycled, not crushed down, but used as is, as a building material. And in fact, let me let me open up this link, see if it'll open. Um. Oh, you know what? Shit. Uh, I take that back. They're actually talking about the newer Heineken Cube. Um. This one, the French industrial designer Petit Romain has dreamed up a square glass container. He dubs the Heineken Cube. Stackable units would optimize storage among the supply chain. Okay, so this this is this is actually the the newer iteration of it. I'll post this in the chat so you get that idea. And and Mitch is totally right. Bad ideas in brewing. How about anything Bud Coors, Miller, or Michelob? I'll I'll agree with the uh, the Bud thing. Even even though even though I'll still enjoy Black Crown because Black Crown was pretty decent, but Fuck regular Budweiser. I'm never drinking that swill ever fucking again because it put me in the hospital. I can say, even though that one study was not really a study, that fucking Budweiser put me in the hospital. And I'll be able to say that to the goddamn day I die. So, um... um oh, p- apparently they were trying to promote the cube with uh, some women, too. Let's see here. Uh, so, these are apparently cube hotties. Um, eh, 
I don't know. It's kind of iffy. Yeah. <laughs> okay, yeah. M- Mitch Mitch says Black Crown's not bad. Black Crown, you know, Black Crown is one of those rare exceptions. But most, you know, Coors, Miller, Michelob, ugh. I'm I'm slowly, slowly starting to work my way back into the like crafty beers. Uh, <laughs> Mitch says using sex in advertising. How dare they? But eh, if it'll work. But I'm slowly starting to get back into accepting the crafty beers. Blue Moon, Shock Top, stuff like that. I almost got some Shock Top today. It was the was it the Honey Crisp Apple or something like that? There's uh there there's actually a new seasonal coming out. I'm going to mention that closer to the end of the show. That's coming out from Shock Top that I really really want to try. So I I, I got to get over my fear of that. I mean, and I had that um that uh, fuck I, I forget what was it Project Project Twelve, the Budweiser, um like the the um, twelve brewmasters around the country. Was it Project 12 or Project 13? I don't even remember now. I'm thinking Batch 12, probably. But it was the brewmasters from around the country with Budweiser, and they were you know, more or less a competition to say, okay, what what can you make? Make something different. And there were three different brews, and they released them in a case. I had it a, a few weeks ago, and they were pretty decent. There was one that I thought was actually really good that I'd get again. The other two were okay, nothing fantastic, but better than your regular Budweiser stuff, but... Yeah, it uh even like I just I I I was going I was going for the the Budweiser that night cuz it was cheap and it was easy to get in the pitcher. Uh honestly, if I had started if I had started drinking Sam Adams at the beginning that night, I probably would have had maybe 3 bottles and wouldn't have ended up in the hospital. However, I would not have had what 30 minutes of material for my last show. So, and I would have another hundred dollars that I didn't have to spend at the hospital. Fuck. Um, oh, Mitch says he's regressing. He bought a 24 pack of grain belt premium Minnesota beer. I I'm familiar with grain belt, uh, but it's for hillbillies. I got it cause it was $16 for a 24 pack at Costco. He's broke and Costco are shit dicks for having mostly shitty beer. And you know what? I, I, I can't blame you for that. I mean, I, I was very tempted to just pick up, um, you know, some, you know, cheap Sam Adams, Black Label, or Yingling or something today. I, I end up going with the Pumpkin Smasher just because I'm weak. But um, you can all you can always do like my friend Rob proposed to me. You get the case of the shitty beer, and then you maybe get like a six pack of craft beer. You have one craft beer, and then you have a few of the shitty beers. It makes your craft beer go that much further, but it also keeps your buzz going with the shitty beer you know it hopefully hopefully that first craft beer you'll have the good flavor in your mouth and you'll get enough of a buzz especially if you don't eat enough um and it'll kind of carry you through that way so but one, one of these days i should i should uh come up with a bunch of drinking techniques and tips and rules that i've gathered over time but i don't think i have enough to really make much of it but talking about bad ideas in brewing these are japanese beer concoctions so of course you know bad ideas from japan who would have thought it huh so the first one here is extra cold beer this is very similar to well actually uh the the latter part of this is similar to something i reported on before where 
uh, I think it was at Dodger Stadium. They were doing almost like a, a soft serve beer on top of the beer to keep it colder. So what this is, it was a summer experiment by Asahi Brewing back in 2010. They chilled their super dry beer close to the freezing point, which um, was, I think, 28 degrees thereabout. Um, They served it in Tokyo's upscale Ginza district. It was found to be popular. Asahi brought it back this summer, and they expanded extra cold bar service to eight bars and installed special equipment at 5,500 restaurants and bars across Japan. So, apparently, this is popular. I don't know why. Uh, Kirin Brewing actually countered with their own version, the Ichiban Shibori Frozen Draft Beer. All I know is that that's the uh, number one, I guess, number one Shibori frozen draft beer. I don't know what shibori is. Maybe it's a name. I have no idea. I'm rusty on my Japanese. But uh, the shit is gimmicky. It can't add anything to the taste. Yeah, it'll make it'll make it colder, but it can't add anything to the taste. It'll water it down further. Good good cold beer is refreshing enough on its own. So um yeah <laughs> back to back to like the cheap beer and getting a buzz on and everything mitch says he drinks like four beers total if it's a drinking night otherwise it's one or two that's and honestly that's basically the point i'm at right now i had i had one with dinner i had um a mug from my growler and i'm on a bottle of pumpkin smasher right now so i'm on my third beer i may have a fourth yeah probably within the second hour of the show but yeah usually you know it's i get home from work i may have a beer and sometimes I won't even have it with dinner. I'll just wait until it's closer to bedtime because then that beer will knock me out and I'm good to go. So uh, the, the the days when uh, when I'd be on this show and I'd drink an entire six-pack and then some, I, uh, I think I'm getting too old for that shit. Ugh, at least my liver probably is. Uh, okay, and then the other Japanese beer concoction. I've mentioned this before, at least a a variation in the U.S., but it's beer cocktails. Now, the ones that I had mentioned, I know I kind of brushed them off just as being too complex and shit that if it was offered in a bar, maybe I'd try one, maybe try two, but at home, it was all like ingredients that I'm not going to have. I don't have mint leaf at home. It's not something I use often. And, you know, just other liqueurs and stuff like that that they were mixing into it. Stuff that I I don't have. As much as I would love to have a fully stocked bar, just full of any kind of booze that I could think that I would need, I, A, I can't afford it, and B, I don't have the room for it. I would love to have that. But... I, th- I think it was a Jim Gaffigan bit where he was saying, you know, if if you have a space in your house specifically dedicated to drinking, yeah, you're an alcoholic. And I'm not going to contest that. Yeah, I'd still like a bar in my house. Uh, maybe one day. Uh, but these cocktails, these actually seem to be a lot more basic than the ones I brought up that one time. Uh, Kirin Brewing, the ones that did the uh, Ichiban Shibori frozen draft beer, Super fun, happy time. Uh, they're selling 12 cocktails featuring well, featuring its Ichiban Shibori beer, 
with mixers like pineapple, grapefruit, or tomato juice, as well as cassis. I did not know what that was. I had to look it up. It's a sweet, dark red liqueur made from black currants or lemon liqueur. Now I can see a lemon liqueur going good with a beer because then you you know it, it, it's your you know it's your um, wait did did they ever do did they ever do a Bud Light with lemon I know they they have Bud Light with lime but I can't remember if they ever did a lemon maybe I'm thinking of Pepsi because I know Pepsi had the lemon which they don't have anymore which was fucking fantastic what the fuck but I mean it, you know you're basically turning it to a you know I guess a redneck shandy in a way. But the company calls them Ichiban Shibori Two-Tone Drafts for the layers of color created in the glass before the beer and the mixers are stirred. So you get your different levels, you know, your different alcohol levels. They're sitting differently in the glass. And like I said, the, the cocktails I saw before, they were more complex. They were trying to work with the existing complex flavors of different craft beers. This one, it just sounds like it's adding fruit and vegetable flavors you know, in the form of, you know, a liqueur or something, um, just to a plain lager because apparently the beer is not good enough to stand on its own. So, I mean, really, ultimately, you, I think you can just chalk it up to another gimmick. That's, that's, that's all it comes down to. You know, that, that's what they're trying to do. But apparently it's popular in Japan. And, I mean, you look at the gimmicks that go on here. Again, the, the Budweiser, you know, bow tie can. Uh, what else? Do, you know, let's see if they mention anything else on here. Um, you know, um, oh, yeah, okay. You know what? They mentioned the soft serve head on here, I think. Oh, okay. That, it's just more of that uh, Japanese thing from uh, Kieran Brewing, the, uh, the Ichiban Shibori. I don't know. I I I miss knowing some Japanese because it was actually fun to read and write. As stupid as that sounds. Um, oh, one of the other things on here that they did in bad ideas and brewing in the past: Budweiser Chilada. What the fuck? Oh, okay. I guess this was a. It was modeled after a Central American blend. Chilada is Budweiser. Oh God, this is disgusting. Budweiser or Bud Light mixed with Clamato juice served canned. Oh, God. I mean, Clamato juice doesn't really strike me as delicious in the first place, but um, there, was a, there, there was a review at Beer Advocate that described it as has a very thin pink head with which almost instantly fizzes away and a cloudy pinkish red appearance with little chunks of something floating about. The aroma is of the Gulf of Mexico and V8 juice with just a hint of lime. Ugh. I, I know I've seen that online before, but th- that sounds just fucking horrendous. Ugh. Okay, so I'm going to head to break. Um, a few more things I will get into. Of course, at the end of the show, I am definitely getting into a few uh, new beer releases and reveals, and shockingly, only one of them is technically a uh, craft beer. The rest are technically all, like, big beer or crafty, which, you know, not, nothing wrong with that. It's, you know, it, it, it's news. It's it's relevant. Uh, stuff I may or may not get into. I know there was um, a couple things I held over from last week. Um, top seven beer storage myths. It, lists are timeless. If I don't get to it this week, I can always hold it over for next week or a week when I just have no prep whatsoever. Uh, 21 reasons you should drink more beer. Responsibly, of course. 
Uh, the brewery, their white chocolate beer has been pulled for inspection. I will tell you why. That's what we call a tease in the radio biz. Uh, New York farmers are jumping into growing hops more. And uh, see how that uh, works out for them. So uh, with that, head into break here on Alcohol by Volume on moreliteradio.com. Alcohol by Cheers. Volume, Kevin oh, Show. Hey, hey. Oh, it's the name of the show. Hey. More Radio. Uh, now I'm now I'm realizing that this is all gonna be on fucking podcast. Oh boy! I told yeah, you. Yeah, we were trying. I was trying to warn you the whole time, dude. I don't care. I'm voluntarily skyping into you. Use us to make a promo. I don't care. No, mm-hmm. dude. Like I said, my fiance doesn't listen. Dutch got drunk one night. Well, he gets drunk every night. But he got drunk one night, and I used it as a promo. Why not? Use this into a promo. I, I give everyone permission to turn this audio into a promo. I don't he, care. He also used Drunk Me for a promo, too. You remember? Yeah. I, I, yeah. AJ, you play it every week. I do. Folks at home, radio gold like this happens every Sunday and Thursday at midnight on 360 on 420. Only on morelikeradio.com. If you weren't able to catch the last Hippo Juice show, here's what you probably missed. The credibility that they are using is a bouncer at a what Colombian was that again? strip club. Credibility. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god, it's hilarious. Let's say it three more times. <laughs> 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 Oh, God, to save you, gotta save my soul. Wow, down, bow, down, wow, diddy, wow, wow. Listen to the Hippo Juice Show live every Wednesday night, 7 to 9 p.m. on morelikeradio.com. Do you like video games? Are you a little antisocial? Well, listen to Antisocial Gamer Radio. Tuesdays from 3 to 5 on morelikeradio.com. Fellas, are you looking to spice things up in the bedroom? Been fantasizing about surprising your lover with an adventurous new toy or adult movie? Well, here's an offer you won't be able to resist. Go to adamandeve.com and for a limited time only, you'll get 50% off just about any item. But that's not all. Oh, no. When you select your one item at 50% off, you'll also receive three free adult DVDs for a little inspiration. Plus, a free extra gift so sensual, we can't mention it on the radio. And to top it all off, we'll even throw in free shipping on your entire order. And no, we're not teasing. So check out adamandeve.com today for this special offer. Get 50% off one item when you type DEAL48 for the offer code upon checkout. When you do, you'll get three free DVDs, a free extra gift, and free shipping. Just use offer code DEAL48 at adamandeve.com. Join Marianne and Kitty on Daytime Divas, where Marianne's milkshake brings all the creepers to the yard and their life is better than yours damn right it's better than yours i could teach you but i have to charge daytime divas thursdays at 8 a.m on morelikeradio.com 
High Society Radio is now part of MoreLikeRadio.com. Who's all part of the More Like the uh, More Like Radio cavalcade of stars? Oh, who, who are you joining there? Oh well, Hippo Juice—they're the the soul behind More right. Like Radio, and we're we're jumping on there. High Society Radio—that is. What other what other kind of shows are over there though? Oh, there's there's plenty. There's a there's just a roster. That's ridiculous. There's 360 on 420. Mm-hmm. There's a gentleman show. There's Ain't Social Gamer Radio. There's the Red Show. There's Daytime Divas. Okay, so you're not out there by your by yourself in the cold anymore. No. You're fucking with a family. Yeah, a real family. A family of gangsters. Take the edge off. Morelikeradio.com. It's like rap music you can understand. Damn, it feels good to be a gangster. Hey, man, when you need to look your finest, what do you do? Well, I grab my favorite t-shirt, of course. You know, I just knew you were going to say that, and I was going to ask, have you ever checked out T-Fury? I think so. That's the website with the new t-shirt every day, right? That's the one. At T-Fury.com, there's a brand new t-shirt design every day, and each one lasts for only 24 hours, then it's gone forever. So it's tea today, gone tomorrow? Exactly. That's a lot of t-shirts. Where do they all come from? Well, each design is submitted by a freelance artist, so no two are exactly alike. And the best part? All these tees feature nothing but nerd references. Whether it's movies, TV shows, video games, cartoons, comics, or culture, they're all awesome. And get this, each tee is just 11 bucks. Dude, it looks like I need to update my wardrobe. What's that website again? Just use tinyurl.com slash MLRTs. That's tinyurl.com slash MLRTEES. Each limited edition tee lasts for only 24 hours, so Get over there before time runs out. Check out today's T-Fury design right now at tinyurl.com slash MLRTs. Hey, everybody. This is Alexa. You can hear my Uncle Sean say terrible things on a Hippo Juice show. Wednesday night from 7 to 9 p.m. Followed by the Red Show from 9 to 11. And now mark out... Radio with Big T and Dark Fox is on Wednesday too. Join them during their new time slot, 11 to 1 a.m. Only on MoreLikeRadio.com. Hi, this is Marianne from Lust and Love. Recently, we decided the show needed more dicks, so we found the manliest man we knew to fill the spot, Dark Fox. I know this is weird, but my boyfriend broke up with me because my dick is too short. He praised me about my skills and all, but is this a really good reason for a breakup? Because it's really hurting me until now. I can't seem to forget all the memories we had together. I know this can't be the reason, or maybe has he met another guy? I really cannot get over him because once he told me, I love your dick, whilst he was stroking it. That's the reason I will never let go. Lust in Love, now gayer than ever. And that's saying a lot considering we used to have Hammy on the show. Join us Monday nights at 10 p.m. Eastern on morelikeradio.com. Steve, do you think you could say uh, this line here? This, right. this line here. OSW Review, an old-school wrestling podcast that won't kidnap you and kill you. Just, uh, just em- emphasize won't, so it okay. makes it sound like a competition will kill you. <laughs> OSW Review, 
an old school wrestling podcast that won't kidnap and kill you. And you're listening to More Like Radio. (laughs) (laughs) MoreLikeRadio.com Because mean people need to laugh too. But I don't understand how you guys could let this happen. It was not my fault. I was working behind the bar. Come on, Dennis. You remember what it was like in high school. The minute that we caught word that a bar wasn't carding, we would just pack the place the following weekend. They probably had a recon crew come in last week. Oh, they definitely had a recon crew. Why, you guys? Why were we not carding? Not my job, not dude. My job not your t- it's all of our jobs. Then we could get into a lot of trouble for this. And we also have a social responsibility to keep teenagers from drinking. <sighs> I guess. Well, I don't know about that, though. Oh, Mac. Mac. No, wait, no. Okay, hold on a second. Hear me out, though. Hear me out. It wasn't that long ago that we were in the same position as these youngsters, right? I mean, we get kicked out of some bar, and what do we do, Dan? We would get a bunch of 40s from a homeless guy, and we'd go sit in some park, right? That is true. That, that is, is true. Absolutely and what true. would happen? We would almost get raped and or murdered and or stabbed by the crackheads in Fairmont Park. You want to know what else what would happen? We drove Nikki Potnick's car into a tree on Kelly Drive. With Sweet Tea in the back seat, puking all over the headrest. Because some guy talked to her that she liked. Remember that? Every time some guy talks to you that you like, you get so nervous no, you drink yourself into oblivion. Salad. And you drink you, yourself you, crazy. You abused alcohol, and that's okay. That's okay, but it's very dangerous, right? Right? Okay. Well, maybe we should look at this whole thing from a different angle. Maybe we have a social responsibility to provide a safe haven for these kids to be kids. You know, experiment. Helps if I bring up my mic, I guess. Welcome back to hour number two of Alcohol by Volume. If you want to Skype in, Skype name is Alcohol by Volume. All one word, and the phone number is 862-345-7125. That's 862-ALCOHOL. If you can't spell it, get a fucking dictionary. God damn it. Um, so where did I leave off? Ah, oh, Mitch knows what I'm playing. Nice. <laughs> yeah, I've, I've been um, I've been listening to um, what is it that um, it's like a Pandora service, RDO, and the station that I created. I started off with uh, Alexis on Fire, and that just basically kind of shuffled off to other stuff. You can set you can set the algorithm to whether you want it kind of safe or you want it more adventurous. I kind of keep it one notch up from the middle. And the sleeping has been coming up all day today, so I figured, what the hell, a rejoiner with the sleeping, why not? Because it's a fucking awesome song. Oh, Mitch has a theory why the sleeping never took off. I, I want to hear this theory, and ah, oh, they try to be Rise Against. Eh, I, I could see that. Yeah. I mean, it, and nobody else is going to be Rise Against. <laughs> uh, I mean, it's, uh, so, so many good bands out there that just fizzle so quickly uh, and then and then you end up with you know Nickelback that just keeps sticking around I don't understand it but 
Yeah, RDO actually seems to be a good service. It's it's one of those services that I may 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 actually subscribe to when it comes down to it, just because I like having that instant shuffle of music wherever I go. Um, the only problem is I, th- I think it's like I think for the full access it's nine ninety nine a month, which comes to one hundred twenty a year versus. Uh, Pandora One, which is about $4 a month, I believe. So, ugh, it's tough. <sighs> but then there's always Pirate Bay. And um, allegedly, thanks to Pirate Bay, I may or may not uh, have... Let's see, what do I have here in my... Uh, well, alleged downloads folder. Uh, some stuff from Evergreen Terrace, which... Um, which uh, Punchy actually kind of turned me on to there. Uh, let's see, Seosin's, uh self-titled album, which I am completely into. Um, fuck, what was the other... Um, oh, damn. Um, I'm like, I'm blanking on uh, who this one... Hold on, I need that. need a Google search because I don't remember. Under Oath, that's who it is. Uh, what album is this one? Uh, that again, I may have, I, I may have, I may have easily, you know, purchased it from, uh, Amazon as well. You know, you, you'll honestly never know, but, uh, they're only chasing safety. That album is the, the one song that always shuffles onto both Pandora and RDO is, uh, it's dangerous business walking out your front door. Fucking love that song. I don't know. I mean, I guess that's probably their single, I suppose. But uh, I gotta listen to the whole album because I I love that sound. Ever ever since Alexis on Fire broke up, I have been looking for that one band that that fills that niche for me. And I, I it's gonna take me a while. I haven't found it yet. I need. I mean, um, with rumors of Thrice getting back together basically. I mean they're technically on a hiatus right now so they never really broke up. But if Thrice does another album and from what I've read it looks like they're going to um that that would make me very happy. I would love to see Thrice live because well of course I didn't really start getting into them until they were, you know, on their hiatus. So I get kind of fucked with that. Always seems to happen to me. I, I I get into these bands and then discover, oh yeah, they're not around anymore. Fuck. Yes, even Mitch thinks thrice coming back would be cool. I I I, I want to say it was on, on uh, uh, music site somewhere, and I, I'm definitely not a music podcast, but I'll get into it anyway. They were interviewing, um, ah, fuck, and of course I'm blanking on the lead singer's name right now. It, it's like on the tip of my tongue, but um. They were interviewing him, and the way he was talking, it sounded like Thrice is going to have a new album. Um, oh, shit. Yeah, Mitch brings up in the chat, he wants to hear Against Me's new album, especially since their lead singer had a sex change. I totally forgot about that. Um, now, let's see. Uh, da, da, da. Did that new Against Me album already come out, or is it coming out? Let me come up on Amazon here. Oh, gee, of course. Well, there's a single that looks like it came out today called True Tran. Oh, actually, I'm sorry. What, what the fuck? 
Wow. Okay. The, the MP3 is a buck ninety eight. I'm, I'm looking at the price. That CD is nine forty nine. Who buys CD singles anymore? But the, the, it's called True Trans. Um, how many tracks on it? If uh, it doesn't even fucking say, so it might it might just be that one track. Um, let's look at MP3. Come on, give me the link. Um, okay, two songs. One entitled Fuck My Life 666 and the other True Trans Soul Rebel. You know what? I, I'm, I'm taking a little break from the beer because this, I think this falls into the whole stuff thing. Um, but this, this single apparently released today. So let me get back into Amazon here. Um, this is gonna be, what, like a, I guess like a 30 second sample or something. I'm sorry. You know what? Original release date, July 30th, whatever. So, Still, this is this is new. So uh, let's see what this sounds like here. Son, I don't have the heart to match the one pricking your finger. All things made to be destroyed. All moments meant to pass. Okay, see so that one was fuck my life six six six. Uh, let's try True Trans Soul Rebel. Making yourself up as you go along. Who's gonna take you home tonight? Who's gonna take you home? Who's gonna take you home tonight? Who's gonna take you home? Does God bless your trans? Sounds like whenever they do release a new album, this one's this one's going to be a a very personal one. I'm assuming. So it, it definitely sounds a lot. Well, not a lot more mellow. I mean, they, they've had enough of their mellow tracks too, but this one sounds a lot more laid back. But I don't see any indications, at least on Amazon, of. A full length release, so that's that one's as recent as just about a month ago. So, I, yeah, <laughs> say like Mitch said, it sounds like the old voice needs more hormones, and I like their acoustic stuff too. Against me, acoustic is fantastic. I mean, they're they're one of those bands they they do it well both ways. Um, Alkaline Trio is another one that does that, like both electric and acoustic brilliantly. I know Mersh would totally agree with me on that. So I should probably get back to the beer talk because I'm not a music show, but I figure I can diverge into some of that stuff here and there. Why not? You know, it gives me a little bit more material. Okay, so the brewery, uh, their white chocolate, their uh, new 2013 batch. Apparently, there is the threat of in- uh, infection on it, and uh, the brewery's pulled it for further inspection. Um. Let's see. There was a thread on Beer Advocate where the lead commenter, he said, I just popped a bottle of uh, 2013 white chocolate and it tastes like slightly tart, rotten apple juice. Anyone else get an off bottle? Another person mentioned in the thread that a bottle of his had a little gushing problem. And if you've never encountered this before, basically you open the bottle and it, it gushes. You know, whether the bacteria, you know, there's bacteria in there that grew too fast or something like that. Um, 
But if you've had a gusher, you'll believe me, you'll know it. Um, but this guy hadn't picked up on any of the sour notes, but he thinks it may be because he had a kind of sour-ish beer right before that, so he might not be, you know, it might be masking it. The weird thing about this is that the brewery actually had a previous quality control issue with their ebony and oak, another barrel-aged brew, which is making some people think that their barrel aging process, something may have been compromised in there. Don't know. I've had stuff from the brewery before, and I've loved it. It, their, Their sours are fantastic. The only problem with it is most of the time they're very cost prohibitive. The last one I had, it was a, was it like 750 milliliter bottle? It cost me 25 bucks. It was great. And I'm glad I got it. But 25 bucks for one bottle of beer, that's, it's fucking rough. You can't, I mean, un- unless you are rolling in money, you can't do that too often. You can't. Um, I, I mean, you know, like Mitch was saying earlier, you know, Sometimes you just have to go for the cheap shit because you just can't afford it. Uh, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm, I think I am slowly going to regress to that point too. Um, I mean, I did that buying that case of Yingling. Of course, I drank it way too quickly. Stupid me. But I mean, I think now I'll, I'll drink it a little bit slower. But there, there's something to be said for the cheaper stuff sometimes. Um, as long as you can find some decent, cheaper stuff, I'm not buying a case of Coors Light. I'm not buying a case of Miller Light. But there is good, cheaper stuff out there. I'm not talking, you know, stuff like you know that, you know, you get a six pack for you know three, four dollars. You know, I was I think I, the case of Yingling that I got the 24 pack, it was 18 bucks, something like that. That's pretty fucking good, and I happen to like Yingling, no matter what Dennis says. I know Dennis hates it, but whatever. Um, and I think that was actually Yingling Light, even, too, and I was fine with that. Um, I probably should be drinking more light beer now anyway, because I think I've gained, like, 15 pounds in the past, like, three or four fucking months, god damn it. Ugh. It's, it's this damn show. It's, it's making me drink the beer. I'm, well, and I drink the beer... And then I get the beer munchies afterwards, and then my wife is all too happy to go out to Wendy's or White Castle or Taco Bell, and then I turn into a huge fat ass and then have to run, run, run the next day. I mean, today I ran four miles. Last week I ran four miles three days out of the week, and uh, fuck. Fuck calories, fuck calories, fuck calories. Let me drink my beer. Okay. So, um, the brewery said they haven't encountered any bad bottles personally. Um, you know, none of the staff have popped open any bad ones, but they've stopped selling it in the meantime to figure out what's going on. They, they do sell it online, but they actually only ship within California, which is kind of weird that they would even bother to sell it online then. But I guess California's a big enough state. Likely won't see it back up for sale until at least mid-September. So, see what happens with that. It's it's just a curious thing. Uh, a lot of people were waiting for white chocolate to come out and for this to happen. I was reading in the, the Beer Advocate thread, there was one guy on there that he bought an entire case of it, and now he's worried, am I sitting on an infected beer? 
and sometimes sometimes that's the risk you take. You shouldn't have to worry about that, but you know it's just a fact fact of the brewing industry. Um, so the last uh, pure news story that I have, and uh, this makes me think that I will be getting into maybe one of my lists tonight because you know I I didn't go off on, on enough uh, tangents tonight. So where the fuck is my mouse pointer? curse of having three monitors. You lose your mouse pointer way too often. Uh, yeah, I know. First world problem. Uh, okay. Uh, New York farmers are jumping into growing hops. The craft beer industry in New York has been growing pretty steadily. It's not surprising. New York is a state that you think that would happen in. Um, Ten years ago, there were only 30 craft breweries. Now there's about 140. And likewise with hops growing in the state, 10 years ago, there were only five acres total in New York State. New York is a decent-sized state, devoted statewide to the crop. Now there's 140 acres, um, and I think most of them are like in upstate New York. They're hoping to reach over 200 by next spring. Well, the state's brewers, they still buy most of their hops from the Pacific Northwest and Europe, especially Germany. Now, obviously, that's costly. We're we're used to those costs in craft beer. I mean, they pretty much have to pass those costs on to us. You know, it's the cost of making beer. It's the cost of buying craft beer. That's just the way it is. Now, these locally grown hops... You would think they should help the local economy in New York. You'd think. You never know, though. The um, the local area, you think, uh, like the tri-state area, New Jersey, New York, Pennsylvania, Connecticut even, uh, they're going to get fresher hops for craft brewing, and it'll make production that much cheaper. They're not going to have to import this stuff from Europe. And that's, I, I don't know how costly it is, but you got to think that's costly nonetheless. Now, if they're successful with that, will they pass on the savings to us? It's tough to say. Usually once they set a price point, you kind of get stuck with that price point. So, But with any luck, it won't go any higher. And I really need to add a camera element to this show because I gesture a lot. And it's completely lost on you guys. And it makes no sense. I, you know, I, I'll make little quote. God damn it! I just did it right now. I'll make little quotation marks with my hands. I'll give a thumbs up to something. And, uh, uh, one of these days, one of these days, I will understand what I'm doing in radio, and and then, and then, I will be a true broadcaster. Until that day, I don't know what the fuck I'm doing. So, uh, with these hops growers in New York, they're still trying to persuade local breweries that their prices can stay competitive. These breweries, they, they don't want to, they're apprehensive about committing themselves to the local hops growers because what if that supply chain fails? Then suddenly they're back jumping overseas and who knows, maybe they had, you know, working relationship with a certain hops provider, you know, in the Pacific Northwest or in Europe or whatever, 
and suddenly, since they bailed for a local one, they have to go back to the other one. Oh, well, now your price is going to be a little bit more. There, There is a risk involved in it. I understand that. I guess back in the 19th century, New York State actually had a lot of hops growing. There were as much as 40,000 acres. And again, this was mostly upstate again. It was pretty much killed off by 1920. Both prohibition and a mold epidemic did the hops crop in. Another problem with it, it's expensive for these growers to get started. It cost, at the start at least, uh, twelve to sixteen thousand dollars per acre. That includes trellises that are five to six thousand dollars alone. When you, when you think trellises, um, if you've ever been to a winery, you see the grapes growing. Think about that. That's that's how you have to grow the hops. So you know, they kind of got to grow upward. Um, and part of that with with that initial investment, it takes three years before the first good crop comes in. So. Per acre, you're spending, again, you know, as much as $16,000. And then it's going to take you three years to even see results from that. Very risky venture. It, uh, And then, you know, persuading the local brewers, and, and if the local brewers don't want to go for it, it's, it's, it's just, it's something that's all over the place. And, um... Let's see here. Um, Eric Ottaway, GM of uh, Brooklyn Brewery, he said, I don't think New York is ever going to become the primary hops growing region, but that doesn't mean there can't be a significant hops growing business. Also said he would consider local uh, buying local hops if the variety and the price were right. And that's fair. Uh, New York State couldn't supply us with what all the hops were using right now. So obviously, Brooklyn Brewery—they have you know a pretty substantial you know business going. You know they're they're expanding to Sweden and everything. Um, obviously, they're Sweden brewing. They can you know get their stuff from Europe, but still locally, they have a pretty bustling business. You know all over the country, and as of right now, like how many acres did I say? Uh, one hundred and forty acres. That's that's not going to cut it. I mean, you spread that around still, it's not going to cut it for Brooklyn Brewery. Um, locally, I think it could be good for craft brewers starting out in New Jersey too. There's been a big craft beer boom out here. But again, that initial investment and then the waiting period. So anybody anybody that decides to start this now, we're not going to see results from that crop until 2016. And we're going to see craft breweries come and go in that time. A lot of them. A lot are going to start. A lot are going to fail. And a few are going to succeed. Will you know they go for the New York hops? Eh, who's to say? Um, final part of this. The Brewing Association. They said the New York hops. They're going to have an earthy grapefruit taste. And... Um, I mean that that seems you know a I think that seems a pretty standard hops characteristic that we see a lot now. But I, again, I think it'll be good for the local economy if it picks up. It'll be good for local craft brewing. Whether it'll affect prices for us, probably not. But that's just the way it is. I mean, you see, um, 
You, fuck, you see it with oil prices. Oh, oil prices went down. Oh, shit. Uh, gas prices are still high. Fuck. It, you know, once they set a high water mark, you're, you're usually stuck there. Uh, let's see. Oh, okay. Mitch said, you know, you need a trellis. Otherwise, your hops look sad and diseased like his tomatoes. Oh, Mitch's poor tomatoes. Are they just kind of, kind of crawling on the ground there? Um, you know what? You know what? You need Mitch. <laughs> Hold on. Let me, let me see if I can Google this while I, while I remember this. Uh, here we go. Let's see. Um, Oh God! Please don't have a video start up on me. Okay, whew, good. Um, oh my God! They have strawberry planters now. I'll, I'll I'll post this in the chat for Mitch. I bet he could use this. And apparently, they have strawberry planters too. I remember back in when I lived in Michigan, my 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 parents actually had a really really nice garden for a while. I mean, now it's it. I think it's pretty much gone. I think my mom's still growing rhubarb, but that's really about it. We had huge sunflowers. We had strawberry plants. I mean, I remember when I was little, I would see a ripe strawberry. I'd grab that fucker and, you know, what? Stupid me, I'd eat it right off the plant. I didn't wash it first, but we used to drink out of hoses. So, you know, I don't think we were worried about whatever was on the, you know, on the strawberry. We had... um tomatoes growing out there and everything. we had a really really nice really nice garden um, um of course we had to deal with tomato worms which i did not realize actually turned into a uh, sort of moth and i think they turn it was it they turn into a moth that looks like a fucking hummingbird never knew that up until maybe about a few weeks ago and coincidentally the day i found out about it and i found out on reddit because reddit is the font of all knowledge I actually saw one of the moths out in my front yard. Bizarre bit of coincidence there. But, um, I don't know where I was going with that. Um, oh, Mitch says they have lumpies growing on the stems. He got hives once from eating strawberries from his mom's garden. He would go out every day and eat every single one. Oh, and you know, and there is, there is nothing better. Well, okay, there's probably something better, but for the sake of argument, there's nothing better than a garden with strawberries growing in it and you're near them and you can just smell those strawberries and that is such a good smell something about that that y- you don't match it going to you know supermarket you don't match it going to a farmers market that scent of the strawberries that brings me back to childhood i don't know why it's one of those weird things. And like, another another weird thing we had growing wild, basically in our driveway. I had a basketball net there, so we you know we you know play basketball. We'd play horse and stuff like that every so often. And we had chives growing. Uh, my mom had a flower bed alongside the driveway, and up against the two by fours or the four by fours or whatever that were bordering the flower bed and the uh, pavement there was chives growing out of there we'd be playing basketball and for no reason whatsoever we'd grab you know a a stalk from a chive and just start chewing on it didn't think anything of it i mean nowadays you know you would see someone do that like oh my god why aren't you washing that oh my god that's so disgusting but eh, that's the way it was back then i don't know 
I, I miss that kind of just that free flowing, the ability to just do that shit and not have to think about it again with, you know, drinking from a hose. My kid is probably, well, I, I would gladly let him, I don't know if he will, but drinking from a hose, that's one of those things that when you think about it now, think about all the shit that crawled into that hose, all the bugs and everything else. That's pretty fucking disgusting. But we we drank from the hose all the goddamn time. Some summers, you probably drank from it every single day. And you didn't even think about it. And we worry about contaminants in beer. But, eh, to be fair, the contaminants in beer can, you know, fuck up the brew a bit. Ah, okay, back to beer. Back to beer. Ah, I am the king of tangents on this show. I mean, I know, I know some of the other shows, they don't have specific format, so the tangents work a little better for them. With me, it seems like I go completely off format, but whatever. So, from um, reviewed.com, this is actually from the uh, kind of sub-site of it, refrigerators.reviewed.com, which is kind of weird. Um, top 7 Beer Storage Myths. Uh, let me take a drink here really quick. Oh. Okay, I feel better now. Um, to be fair, I actually still fall prey to the first one of these. Just as a force of habit, I know that it doesn't affect the beer. But it was one of those myths that just got stuck in my head. And to this day, I have to fight myself on it. Number one, if cold beer gets warm, cooling it again will make it stale. See, the article says, wrong, like Valentine's Day, this is a myth brought on by some wily marketing gurus, most likely that brand that won't stop talking about how cold their beer is, Coors Light. Uh, The fact is, beer experiences substantial fluctuations in temperature during shipping. Of course, you don't want these changes to be drastic, and excessive heat will certainly ruin your beer. But the notion that it can only be refrigerated once is a total myth. And I was always I was always guilty of this. If I knew I was going straight home, I would pick it up from the cooler. But if I knew I was still going to be out for a while, I would pick up the six-pack off the shelf. I still catch myself doing that. Now, now more I think about, okay... What do I want to be able to drink right when I get home versus what can I wait on? Okay, if I can wait on it, I'll pick it up off the shelf. If I want to drink it right away, I'll pick it up from the cooler. So, but it, I even when I, when I bought that uh, growler this weekend, I bought it on um, on Sunday. I left it in the. I, I bought it on the way to. Um, did I buy it on the way? So, yeah, I think I think it was on the way to my in-laws' house, and um, left it in the car the entire time. I had I had a six-pack. It was the the woodchuck that was unchilled, but the growler obviously chilled. Had it sitting in the front seat of the car, and initially, both me and my wife were thinking, "Oh shit, do we need to bring an input in the fridge?" No, we don't. It'll be fine. And honestly, once we were out of there, we we had pulled pork for dinner, which was delicious. Love pulled pork. Um, got back out and into the car afterwards, and it was still cold. But 
even if it had, you know, warmed up a little, it's not going to hurt it. And that that's one of those myths that probably until the day I die, I'm going to be fighting that. I am going to be fighting that because it's just it became that learned behavior. I learned that if you if you let it change temperature, it's going to skunk. Um, I don't know who taught me that. I I probably learned it you know, when I was like 16 or 17. Um, I want to say they even, I, I even think they maybe did something on Myth, Mythbusters like that or something. I can't remember. I know they, they did, they did a beer cooling thing, but I don't remember if they did a temperature fluctu- fluctuation like that. So, uh, number two, sunlight, sunlight skunks beer. This one's true. As the article says, sunlight is the nemesis of beer, not only in storage, but in the fermentation process as well. UV light in particular skunks beer. Um, they go in to explain, you know, off flavors and skunky flavors. Um, they sum it up. Don't expose your beer to excessive sunlight or really any light for that matter. Just another reason to refrigerate beer as even prolonged indirect sunlight will cause this very basic chemical reaction. Uh, interestingly, this is not a threat with wine, cider, or mashed liquor as none of these beverages contain hops. Now, an interesting thing to know about this is that most of the time now you see beers in brown bottles. Brown bottles, now I'm not saying to put your beer, you know, in the front window where the sun's hitting, but the brown bottles will protect from the UV rays. However, the clear bottles that you see won't, uh... I know you don't see clear bottles as much anymore. The one that I can think of is, is uh, Innocent Gun, and thankfully I have not had a skunked bottle of that. Um, green bottles won't protect from it either. Your Heineken, your um, Bex, you know, stuff like that. Uh, Yingling's even a green bottle. So you got you got to be careful with that. The brown bottles, for the most part, are safe. But clear or uh, green, you have to be careful with it. Which leads into this, actually. Number three, the color of the bottle affects beer's shelf life. And they say yes and no. It's not the color of the bottle so much as it's translucence that affects beer's long-term quality. Clear and green bottles allow in significantly more UV light than brown ones. Like I said, this leads to skunking, as mentioned above. So if you were to store green or clear bottles in complete darkness, then there would be no discernible difference in shelf life from that of a brown bottle in similar conditions. Uh, for whatever reason, green bottles are rife among European imports. Heineken, Stella, uh, Bex, Pilsner, Urkel, uh, to name a few. Uh, you may have even noticed that these brews are much better on tap from an opaque keg than in the bottle, but you could argue the same for any beer. Once again, this is really only a threat if you don't refrigerate your beer as coolers and refrigerators keep sunlight out. It's worth noting, though, that beer that's been sitting on the store shelf for a while is at a higher risk of skunking or going stale. For this reason, most craft beers include a freshness tab that tells you how long it's been since it was bottled. And not only craft beers doing that, I mean, the the big beers are doing that. I think the big beers are probably doing that first, honestly. I remember that was a big, you know, big selling point for Bud Light for a while. Um... I think that the only skunked beer I ever had was uh, I'm forgetting the brewery. It was a uh, it was a Japanese one. It cracked open the bottle and it it literally smelled like a skunk. Awful, 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 awful. Bad, bad, bad. If you hit a skunked beer, you'll know it. There there will be no doubt whatsoever about it. I mean, 
sometimes there's there's a little bit skunky, but yeah. <laughs> um. <laughs> Wait, what the hell? Okay, I'm back in the chat here, and Mitch says real quick off topic. Um, Sherry bought socks without feet. Um, so is it just basically the ankle and the, wait, the ankle and the top of the foot maybe and the toes or, wow, I'm really confused. I, 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 wow, I'm, I'm speechless. I, I don't know. I don't understand. You'll you'll have to either describe that to me, Mitch, or post a picture in the chat because I have no clue. <laughs> Let's see. Back to the list. Um, thankful there's only seven with this one. Uh, beer must be shipped, stored, and stored and aged cold. So so wrong. Okay, I guess I will be hitting that fourth beer tonight. Ah. Uh, uh, in fact, certain kinds of beer, mo- mainly unpasteurized, bottle-conditioned craft beer, can be aged in cellars, just like wine. You see that a lot with, uh, certain, you know, some of the some of the uh, larger, the bomber-sized bottles, uh, particularly imperial stouts. They'll tell you some of those can really age well. Um, while cooler temperatures are ideal, most experts agree that anywhere in the forty to seventy degree range is fine for dry storage. Again, as long as you keep out the sunlight. Refrigeration is a crucial part of enjoying good beer. Uh, let's see. Actually, discouraged when it comes to long-term long-term storage of corked beers used mainly for Belgian-style ales. I've encountered more than enough of those. Uh, despite some fridges' ability to regulate humidity levels, prolonged storage in artificial cooling chambers will dry out the cork, allow small amounts of air to enter, and eventually spoil the beer. That makes sense to me. You want to keep that that uh, tightness with the cork. Best to age these beers in a cellar with moderate humidity, which pretty much describes every cellar ever. Um, let's see. Oh, okay. Sherry just posted a link. Uh, let's see. Uh, the length of crew socks, two holes, your feet go in, and then they come out. They have buttons on them for some reason. So let's see. Let's look at this on Amazon. Oh, okay. Um, I guess do the buttons kind of cinch them up sort of triple button trimmed classic boot shaft style knit acrylic okay they're they're leg warmers they're leg warmers but they 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 look a little more classy than uh than old leg warmers (laughs) sherry says they're good for boots and for yoga but wouldn't you wouldn't you want a sock on your foot for boots too that i don't understand but i i could understand that possibly for yoga although i for yoga honestly i need i need socks that have the little grippies like toe socks with grippies on the feet um because whenever i do yoga on the yoga mat i start to sweat and my feet start to stick to the mat now i know if i have regular socks i'm just gonna slide all over the mat and i'm fucked so i i can't uh can't go and you know i need to find in between oh okay yeah, Sherry says not thick socks for boots and no socks for yoga. Yeah, I know. I I haven't caved to doing socks for yoga, so I've I've been I've been good with that. You need you need your toes to to grip the mat. I understand that. Um. Oh, okay. Uh, dark side in the chat. 
I read the other day that beer has the same, I think, pH levels as vagina. So if you can drink a beer, you can eat a pussy. Hashtag the more you know. Hashtag black guy. So I think I'm going to look that up at some point because I'm actually very curious about that now. <laughs> Thank you for that. Thank you for that fact there. Uh, let me finish out the list here and then I will hit up the new brews or reveals for the for the week or you know coming up whatever uh number five putting beer in the freezer is an easy way to quick chill it this is true but with a caveat do not ever freeze beer long story short with this if you freeze beer it's gonna explode if you forget about it um Let's see, uh, but if you want to really impress your friends, the LG Blast Chiller is perhaps the most extravagant and downright silly way to cool beer quickly. Um, LG contacted us to let us know, let us know it's been available since July. Okay. So, but if you place a beer for a few minutes in the freezer to kind of get it a little bit colder, you should be okay. But if you're like me, you'll forget about it and the fucker will explode. I have a candle warmer. I left my bacon candle on last night, and the entire house smelled like bacon when I got up to pee in the middle of the night. So let that be a lesson to you. Number six, beer should be stored upright. True. Uh, First, the yeast. Um, Let's see. uh, The sediment it leaves behind has a way of corrupting flavor. You want the yeast sediment to settle at the bottom of the beer. Prolonged storage on the side will create a yeast ring along the walls of the bottle. That's why there's a separate craft pouring beer and why you're supposed to decant the liquid and filter out the gunk at the bottom. And then second, upright storage limits the amount of beer that's directly exposed to air, uh, the neck of a bottle being narrower than the barrel. This slows the process process of oxidation, prolongs the life of the beer. And of course, upright storage is important for cork beers. When a beer is stored on its side, the cork will gradually impart its own cork flavors on the beer. Some corks contain chemicals, other ingredients, and it will, quote, corrupt the beer. Okay. And then number seven, the myth of uh, bottles are better than cans. Well, wrong, but it comes down to personal taste. I uh, More and more lately, I have been getting into cans, and I, you know, I can appreciate it. The way they're made now, there is a separate layer in there that separates the beer from the actual aluminum, so you're not getting that aluminum taste in there. Um, let's see. Uh, Huffington Post conducted a blind taste test, found participants preferred the taste of canned beer to bottled three times out of four. Honestly, that's probably because you are you have a greater chance of getting more aroma from the the um the opening in the can than you do from the bottle. Simple as that. Aroma lends itself to taste and there you go. So, that is that list. Um Mitch, you've never had a beer with a cork? Ah. Oh, there there are a lot of Belgian beers out there that have corks on them. In fact, um I think a lot of the ones I get from the brewery um have corks in them. So it, it's it's actually kind of nice. Um, holy shit! Darkside said Coronas don't freeze. Left them frozen for days. My friend found it. They were still good. Uh <laughs> and I I believe I started standing my beers up uh, upright after I read that article. And cans, if you think about it, cans are letting in absolutely no light. Now 
the brown bottles, they're filtering to a respect, but they're still letting in sunlight. Cans are letting in nothing. And if the opening of the can is wide enough to let the aroma out, and there's proper construction of the can to allow that separation between the beer and the aluminum, you are actually getting a better taste. <laughs> and, okay, the Coronas flo- froze, they just didn't explode. So you could have a Corona float. <laughs> it's not a bad idea. Okay, let me hit up the uh, some uh, new releases and reveals in the few minutes I have left here. Um, you know what? I'm, I'm actually just going to hit one of them here. I'll hold off the other the other three for next week. This one I have for Mitch because I was very interested in this and I want to find it when it finally does release. It's supposed to release this month and I looked at it, uh, I looked for it today, but it was not out yet. So posted the picture in the chat. This is Guinness Red Harvest Stout. It's a rare seasonal offering from Guinness. It's supposed to have a deeper red coloring than regular Guinness Stout. And for those that don't think that Guinness is red, hold it up to a light. It's red. It's not brown. A lot of people think it's brown. Hold it up to a light. It's red. Um, And Mitch says it's a good-looking can, or a pretty can. So it looks good. It's inspired by the ancient Celtic festival of uh, Samhain. Uh, an ancient Celtic festival held every year on All Hallows' Eve celebrates the end of the fall harvest and the coming of winter. It is going to be 4.1% alcohol by volume, and it's going to be releasing in four packs of 14.9-ounce cans, cans only, no bottles, this month. So I'm I'm looking forward to that. I, I enjoy Guinness and cans, and that... That sounds like a that sounds like a nice change for a seasonal. There apparently has only been one Guinness seasonal before this, so this is kind of a big deal. Um, so with that, I guess I will close out the show for tonight. I'll hold off uh, that other list and uh, some of the other uh, beer. Yeah, they're, they're not they're not uh, time sensitive necessarily. <laughs> uh, hold those off for next week. Of course, check out what we are talking about in the Facebook group because occasionally I will post interesting things in there and other people will post interesting things in there too. Facebook.com slash groups slash alcohol by volume. Um, and, and little tangent here. Mitch says if they don't have a widget, I'm going to get my sorcery hat out. Reincarnate Arthur Guinness and then kill him. Yeah, they better fucking have a widget in those cans. I mean, why, would, why put it in the can if there's not going to be a widget in there? I, I would like to think there's going to be a widget in there. If there's not, I'm going to be goddamn disappointed. I'm going to turn those cans up and down to make sure there's a fucking widget before I buy them. So, anyway. Facebook group, facebook.com slash groups slash alcohol by volume. Follow me on Twitter at E-D-I-C-I-U-S and the show Twitter at M-L-R underscore alcohol. Look me up on untapped alcohol by volume, all one word. Add me as a friend. Follow at more like radio on Twitter. Coming up next... It is Sir Darkside with unsigned hype, followed by Dutch and Royce. I will see you guys next week. Thank you for listening.